G'day and welcome to the Resonate Church podcast. My name's Pastor Jacob and today I'm going to be preaching the last message for the year and it's a message that I've got on my heart about thankfulness. The passage we're in today is Luke 17 verses 11 to 16. It says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Father God, as we spend 10, 15 minutes in this passage today, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would just do something in our hearts and we'd all leave here encouraged. In your name we pray. Amen. James, can you put that air conditioner up to full fan? It's only on three-quarter fan because I'm hot up here, Penny. Yep, if you can. There's just no doubt. I've had an interesting week. When you're a painter and decorator, you get to spend a lot of time in your own thoughts. Sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, But I've got no doubt that as I stand here today, I wouldn't be here without my two wonderful parents. And you laugh at that because obviously you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your two wonderful parents. Um, And and one of them is still with us today and one one of them is now with Jesus. But I was reflecting on my parents and I was really thankful for what my parents sowed into my lives And one of the things that I realised is my parents were hard but fair. And and as I was thinking about it, it's like they were quite hard, but they did that because they loved it and they were were fair towards us. And I was like, it's almost as if they've got um, a canvas printed up on their wall with that Bible verse from Proverbs 13 verse 24, if you spare the rod for the belt or wooden spoon, Jacob translation, you'll spoil the child. Um, My parents did not mind every now and then when we were being rat bags, they'd reach out to us and connect with us (laughs) so that we would get ourselves in order. But my parents also taught me manners, right? I was taught things like if you want something from someone, you don't just take it. You don't just say, give it here. You say, may I please? If someone is talking, you don't just butt into that conversation, but you pause and you take um, a moment till they pause, then you say, excuse me. They'd also say, if you bumped into someone or stepped on someone's foot, you don't just keep walking, but you say, I'm sorry about that, please forgive me. And if somebody gives you something, you don't just receive it, walk away and act like they owed you that, like I was owed that. No, no, no. You say, thank you. And I'm glad that I have parents that understood that if you train a child up in the manner in which they should go, then when they are old, they shall not depart from that ways. And I believe that most of the time, I have a certain level of manners that that a lot of people have, but but maybe some in a younger generation to me may not have. 
And it annoys me, I'm just being honest, it annoys me when I go to the shops and I walk down the aisle and find the thing I want and I go to the counter and there's a generation of people that when I pay my hard-earned money, that person doesn't connect with me at any level, doesn't even speak to me, hardly looks at me with their eyes, obviously isn't thankful for their job, and they don't even say a mumbling word, not even how you're going. It's just like nothing. And it annoys me. And I don't know about you, but it makes me cranky. It makes me mad, not glad. It also annoys me when, you know, when you're driving along and there's a slow person in that lane and, um, and they're really annoying and you, um, you, you have to actually slow down because they're a bad driver, but you let them in. And then when you do later overtake them, there's no acknowledgement. Or if you're in a petrol station and someone rushes in in front of you and you're the nice guy and you sort of let them go, when they're getting out, there's no acknowledgement of thanks that you've just done the good guy thing and they've just, it's like it's owed to them. So I'm thinking about these things and I think, gee, I get annoyed a lot. But I thought about it this week, the things that annoy me, and I concluded that if I'm annoyed when people don't say thank you to me, and I'm annoyed when people are rude towards me, and it annoys me when people don't say thank you, how do you think God feels? Like when we are people that wake up every morning and know that the breath that we take, first breath that we take when we're awake for that day is a gift from God, yet most of us don't say a mumbling word of thanks. Or we put, or God puts clothes on our back and we don't say a word. God puts food on our table and we rarely say a word. God puts a roof over our heads and we don't say a word. God gives us awesome family and friends and a church in our world, yet rarely we say a word of thanks. But I made up my mind this week because being thankful is a choice. That in the coming year, and hopefully forever beyond that, every time I get a chance, every time I get an opportunity to say thank you to God, I'm going to open this big mouth of mine and I'm going to praise him and I'm going to say thank you. And I want us to be people as a church who say thank you. You know, Has God been good to you? Yes, he has. So thank him. Has he made a way for people this year? He has, so thank him. Has he healed people this year? He has, so thank him. Has he encouraged people this year? We should all say thank you. What I like about this bit of scripture is the example of somebody that was thankful. The Bible says Jesus was somewhere between Samaria and Galilee. And the Bible says that as he was entering a certain village, he met ten lepers The Bible doesn't say where exactly he met them, but it does um, give us an example that he found them on the edges of town and on the fringes of town, and that's where he found those lepers. And it says that as he found those lepers, they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have pity or have mercy on us. And so we see this story, there's ten lepers, nine of them were Jews and one of them was a Samaritan. And that might not mean anything to us, but we've got to understand that the ordinary, um, in the ordinary world, Jews and Samaritans don't like each other. They're red corner, they're blue corner, they're fighting, they don't have any time for one another. Jews don't like Samaritans and Samaritans don't care for Jews 
But it's interesting because when you're down and out, as these lepers were, it really doesn't matter where you come from. They're all in need of the same thing. The fact of the matter it is, we all have this common problem in our life. We all stand in need of God, in need of prayer, in need of his blessings, in need of his grace, in need of his love and in need of his joy. It doesn't matter where you went to school. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, who you were born from. We all have this common problem that we need the Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need the Lord in my life. I need the Lord to give me patience. I need the Lord to heal me. I need the Lord to lift me up when I'm feeling down. And it says here that they had a common problem. But check this out. It says here that they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, I don't know if you know much about leprosy, but it's an awful and indignant disease. It causes scaly patches of sores and skins to appear all over your body. Now, the law of the land at that time said that if you have leprosy, you had to stand at least 50 feet away from the nearest person that didn't have the disease. So can you imagine that? Imagine the distance. You know, if if I have leprosy and my wife doesn't have leprosy, the closest I can go to her is 50 feet. What's more, if someone comes past near me, I am by law required to yell unclean, unclean, unclean. Imagine they're hurt. Imagine their sorrow. Imagine their situation. Imagine their worlds. So when they're some distance from Jesus and they lift up their voices, they're yelling, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped. He turned around and he saw them. I love how it says that he saw them. How easy is it when some distance away from us We see need. How easy is it to not see that as we're going along? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that no matter where I am and no matter what condition I'm in, I can call out to Jesus and he sees me. He sees me in my mess. He sees us in our tears. He sees our broken hearts. He sees our hurts. He sees our pain. And the Bible says he saw them. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. Now the Jewish custom of the day was that before you can go out and mingle in everyday life as a leper, before you can go have to a cafe and have a decaf soy latte with vanilla flavouring, before you can go to the beach or the park or anywhere that has clean people, you first have to show yourselves to the priests. And after being looked over by the priests, he would give you either the tickle of approval or the cross of humiliation and distance and shame. And once you have this clean bill of health, the tick, then you can go out and interact again in everyday life. And so when Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests, look at what they did. They didn't offer any argument. And and they didn't say, Jesus, don't you see how sick we are? Don't you see how messed up we are? Don't you see how hurt we are? What do you mean go show yourself to the priests? We're lepers. We're unclean. They didn't offer any argument, maybe in faith, maybe in hope, maybe in expectation because they called out to Jesus as master. 
They turned and headed in the direction of the priests. And in an act of obedience, a faithful act of obedience, they were healed. They were not healed while they were talking to Jesus. You know, I've learned in today's world, there's a whole lot of people that want God to bless them, but they don't want to be obedient and do what God asks. You want God to take you to another level in your faith, in your ministry. You want your marriage to improve. You want healing in your body. You want God to give you an increase in finances. You want God to promote you in any area of your life. Do what he asks. You know, when God tells you to do something, when God tells us to do something, and, and it's probably something we've been praying for, he then gives us a list of things for us to do, but usually we want to see results before we step out and do that list. Do you know, very rarely does God's list or God's steps or God's solution make any human sense. And see, Jesus gave these guys a confusing prescription. They were hoping that he'd come and lay hands on them and they'd be healed. They'd heard about it. They might have even seen it from a distance. So you don't have to understand the how or why when God calls you to do something. You just simply have to do it. Think of Joshua. Joshua, I know the walls of Jericho are high and thick, but if you just march around the walls for seven days, they're going to fall down. Hmm. Come here, Naaman, I know your skin's messed up and I know the rivers of Damascus are greater than the rivers in Israel, but if you go and dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times, you're going to be healed. Mm. Come here, disciples, I know there are 5,000 men plus women and children, but if you give that young boy's two fish and two loaves of five fish and two loaves of bread, I'll give you enough food to feed everyone plus let everyone take some home for lunch tomorrow. Hmm. Churches through experience, both in this world and what Scripture tells us, we can be confident that it doesn't really matter if it makes sense, if it lines up with the Bible and what God's placed on our heart. He tells us to do something. If we do it, he'll make a way. And so it was a confusing prescription for these lepers on what to do to be healed. The Bible says that they went anyhow. But here's the good part. The Bible says in one of them, the Samaritan, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. That tells me something. All ten of them were able to see they were healed as they turned towards the priests and started walking and journeying towards the priests in obedience. And as they were walking, I can only imagine that the sores and scars on their hands and their feet were replaced miraculously with clean, beautiful, wonderful skin. They saw they were healed, but only one of them made up their minds to stop, to turn around and to go back and give God thanks. I know it's not anyone in this church, but I know many in our generation I see the Lord moving in their lives. But instead of pausing and turning to give God some praise and thank you, they're just straight on to the thing that they want to do next. We all do it. But I've made up my mind, and I want us to make up our minds that from now on as God blesses us, before we go on our way and do what we want to do next, 
We just stop, we pause, we turn back to God and we just give him thanks for what he has done. You know, I want to be the one in ten that turn around and give thanks. In verse 17, which I didn't read out, Jesus says, and I'm paraphrasing here, speaking to the Samaritan who stopped, who paused, who turned back and gave thanks. He says, I see I see you, I hear you, but where are the other nine? And the man says, I don't know. Somebody said they went to their, their home. Somebody said they went to Macca's. Somebody said they went to the beach. Somebody said they went to the pub. Somebody said they went to buy a new pair of shoes because now they can wear good, clean Havianas and not get yucky stuff all over them. The Samaritan said, I don't know where they went, but I'm here. I don't know what their problem is, but I'm here. I don't know why they went, wherever they are, but here I am. And I imagine that the Samaritan, he'd made up his mind that I can't worry about what the others are doing, but I know that I'm going to stand here and I'm going to give thanks because what God has done in my life, I will praise him for. And the Samaritan decided that before I head into what's next, now don't get me wrong, this Samaritan obviously would have had family that he would not have hugged for a very long time. He'd have friends that he wouldn't have been able to get within 50 feet of, maybe a job that he needed to get back to to start earning some money. He had plenty to do, plenty high-priority things to go and take care of, but he just took that time to stop, to pause, and to say thank you for God for what he had done. And I love that. The Samaritan made up his mind to first be thankful and then do what he was set to be doing. Church, I want us to make up our minds this day and the days forward in this new year approaching to be people who say thank you first to God. I've made up my mind from this day forward, I will be thankful. If I was Italian, I'd say grazie. If I was Spanish, I would say gracias. If I was French, I would say mercy be your job. If I was La, La, if, if I was Algerian, <laughs> I would say motupe. You know what? And if I was mute and I could not speak at all, I'd raise up my hands in an act of worship because the Lord is good and we should be thankful without excuse, without other priorities. Because I am who I am and I can speak, I want to say thank you to God today in front of all of us. Thank you for those who have been on team this year in our church. A big thank you for everything you do. Thank you for those who have loved and supported us this year. Thank you to God for all he has done. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Kezia to come and do some music. And we're just going to sing some songs. Father God, thank you for all that you've done this year, Lord. Thank you for... Family, thank you for friends. Thank you for this church. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for the baptisms this year. Thank you for the salvation this year. Thank you for the restoration of, of people's minds this year. Thank you for the faith that's grown this year, Father God. Thank you for every bit of encouragement. Thank you for every prophetic word that you've given over this church this year. Thank you for this building, Father God. Thank you for the renovations, Father God. Thank you that as a church, even after renovations, that we're still financially okay, Father God. Thank you for everything you provide. And Lord, we just thank you for what is to come in this next year in this church and in other churches. Thank you for our Naruma 
Rima guys and, and the church plant, the Resonate Rima that's going on, Father God. We thank you for the salvations that are coming in 2019 in both this area and the Rima area, Father God. Lord, we thank you for baptisms in 2019. We just thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We love you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Broken 
So I want to start with what I'm thankful for. Um, yesterday, Kezia and I um, were able to go on a date, and it's been a uh, date that I've wanted to do for a long period of time, and I was trying to do it at our 10-year wedding anniversary, but it just didn't work out. And so we actually had a kid-free date, even our youngest one. We haven't done that for nine months. And so we literally just went down to what we call Secret Beach, and um, we had a picnic and we were able just to sit there together and look at this beautiful area that we live in, look at, like, we had a whole bunch of fruit and, um, and goods. And you know what? Like, I, there's so much that I can be thankful for. I live in a great area. I've got great family and friends. And, and the truth is even, like, God answers my prayers. So um, my brother, who's been really unwell and we've been praying for, um, there's some unfortunate situations that have caused certain situations, but right now, as we speak, rather than being homeless and of poor mental health, he's in a place where he's being cared for with medicines and with um, and people to look after him, and, um, and and that's a massive answer to prayer. And the situation's not ideal, but what we prayed for was that God had keep him safe and, and God has made a way for at this point in his life that he is safe. And so I just want to give him thanks for that. And now I'm going to open up the floor for anyone else who wants to. I'm not going to give thanks for anything for myself at the moment. I have been asked. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've been asked by Uncle John. He's not here at the moment. His mother passed away this week and he's had to go down to Bansdale to spend time with his father um, and help arrange for the funeral for his mother. But he asked me if I could stand up before his church family and let people know that he gives enormous thanks for all that the Lord is doing in his life, for the place that, that the Lord has brought him to, which is this church, for the guidance that he receives from his God every day, and above all for the fact that he knows that he was raised by a beautiful lady of faith, who is now with Jesus. I thought you were up here to do yours. I was just going to carry on after you. I'm going to do it straight after you. I'm following you. Um, I've got a lot to be thankful for. I'm here. Um, I have a wonderful husband. I have a wonderful church family who have supported us through a lot of seemingly bad things this year. I nearly said, crap, where's Jacob? <laughs> Um, 
and we've known that God's been with us through all of those times this year. Um, the provision that God provides each and every day in our lives when we don't always think that's going to come. Um, a new job and just the peace of God that has followed me all through this year. So thank you, Lord. And to follow on from Penny, it has been a difficult life. Difficult <laughs> Since I've met Penny. <laughs> but I give thanks for that. I lost my son at the start of this year, and this week, just gone, I also lost one of my cousins who passed away this week. It has been a really difficult year, but I give thanks that it is the strength given to me by my Lord that continues me day by day to get through this. I thank you for the doors that he has opened as every time there seems to be something bad come into our lives and doors get closed, there seems to be a door that gets opened, whether be it um, the chaplaincy position at Eden High, followed by as things continue on through the year, the door opened for me to receive an offer of doing chaplaincy at the Eden Public School as well. Every time something seems to knock us down, there is something that picks us up. One thing that picked us up this year was the amazing birth of Elliot. My, my, my grandson. Uh-huh. I'm claiming it. <laughs> and above all, everything that Jacob has already said about the amazing group of people that we have here on our teams, whether it be at the worship team, the sound team, the, the greeters and hosts every Sunday, the amazing people that we come into fellowship and praise and faith with, you guys are what I give thanks for. Mine is short and sweet. I just wanted to give thanks for the Resonate Church family that um, my wife and I have come into and um, everything that's done for us in this time. So thank you. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for um, all the mums who bring their beautiful children to church every week. We love the sound of kids um, and it wouldn't be the same without the children. So thank you to the mums and dads who every week bring the children and, yeah, we appreciate it. We thank you. We value you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to thank the Resonate Church that it's it's begun and started. I, I was searching for somewhere to go this year and, and jumped it to a lot of different churches and I feel like that this is the one 
It has resonated with my soul. <laughs> and I look, I feel excited for what the whole next year can bring too. Looking forward to it. And thank you, guys. You've been great. Really. Um, um, yeah, I'm just grateful for, yeah, Resonate family and I know God just did some, I kind of touched on it earlier this year with in one of my communion talks, but God just brought a lot of restoration to my family at the moment, um, not just my immediate family, but just my broader family as well and we just had a magnificent Christmas where, um, yeah, just the whole family was down and my brother's mental health was restored and um, I don't know, my parents just seem to be doing well. Uh, Josh has moved back home and, you know, things seem to be pretty good at the moment, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Why not? I never get to use these things. <laughs> um, we had a pretty shoddy start to the year. Um, it was a terrible year, actually. Um, we ended up living in a caravan on mum's um, property and all sorts of stuff, money issues, health issues, big time. Um, but a lot of prayer, and I know a lot of you guys have been praying for us and with us, and, and we give thanks for you guys all the time. Great church family. Um, we've really landed on our feet the end of this year. Um, we've had Christmas. The kids have had their presents. We've got a roof over our head again. Um, we've been able to help some other people out with, with things like that. We've got money in the bank and an awesome new job for me with new bosses that are awesome and here with us today. I'll suck up in case I do something wrong on Monday. <laughs> um, but no, thank you, Jesus, for what you do for us. Thank you for our kids. And um, yeah, we know you've got your hand over our life. And uh, yeah, real thankful for the end of 2018. I'm just going to say thanks to um, for my family, um, for my brother, my sister, and my mum and dad, and I thank God for that. Like I always thank God for like having amazing siblings that I'm really close to, to my close to my heart. I thank God for my church family, and I thank for God for bringing me back into church when I lost my footing a couple of years back. And I found my way home again. I live at number 37, which is just up the road. <laughs> now, if you think Luke one thirty-seven, for nothing is impossible for God. So give thanks for that. <laughs> Earlier in the year, our business was um, growing and we, Stephen was just working himself to the bone and just stressed and working all ridiculous hours of the day and night and, and we prayed and um, we went to some of the micros and we were asking the guys to pray micro as well for the right person to come to our business to help us out. And um, this is as a response to what Michael was saying. I did put up my hand earlier and it went that way, so... <laughs> Um, 
I do believe things happen for a reason and it was just a by chance conversation that Stephen and Michael had here one Sunday morning um, that we were looking for a new employee and truly believe that that is answered prayer in itself. So um, thank you, Michael, for all that you have brought to our business and all that you'll continue to bring to help us grow but also to take the pressure off Stephen so he's not as stressed and I have a husband at home at night time as well. <laughs> so thank you. Last, last chance, five, four, three, two, one, sold. All right, so um, that's great to hear those stories. Um, I don't know, maybe it's something we should do every year at the last Sunday of the year where we just thank God and, and just have, a, have a, a testimony of what he has done for the year. Um, so we might just take communion together now. If someone wants to, there's two communion trays down the back there. And... Um, and we're just going to take communion and then I'm going to pray. And that's the end of our service today. Please feel free to stay around and have another coffee. There's some food on the back table. And, um, yeah, once again, thank you all for what you do in the life of this church. And, um, and we'll take it together just thankful for what Christ has done for us this year at the cross and also into the future. So take and eat your communion when you feel ready. Um, I'll close our service after that in prayer. And um, don't forget, it's not too late to book in for church camp. Um, you, you may not get the um, s- the same spot as most people now because you were late booking in, but you still might. You still might. Um, I'm sure they can rearrange stuff if you let them know you're from Resonate Church and you want to book in for the church camp. I'm sure they'll put you close enough to everyone else. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd love to connect with you. If you're in the Bega Valley, we'd love to see you. We meet every Sunday at 17 Upper Street, Bega. We'd love you to become part of Resonate Church. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of the year. There's nobody great.